Welcome to The Medium, a podcast presented by Tommy Media that's all about what's happening in the art and entertainment world. On today's show, we discuss the competitive landscape of streaming services and what the introduction of many new services means for entertainment. Support for this podcast and the following messages comes from KUST Campus Radio. A student-operated, non-commercial radio station, KUST provides students and faculty of St. Thomas a platform dedicated to creative storytelling, diverse viewpoints, and exploring a vast array of audio content. Tune in at any time to KUST at Mixler.com slash KUST hyphen radio. All right, welcome everyone. This is The Medium. I'm Reed. I'm Maddie. And today on your Arts and Entertainment Podcast, we will be discussing streaming services. Duh, duh, duh. Specifically, the streaming wars. Now, I think I brought up this topic to a close friend of mine, and I was like, hey, we're going to do streaming services as a topic for our arts entertainment show. And they're like, wow, that sounds kind of boring. And I'm like, wait. Ouch. Wait. <laughs> think about it, though. Everyone has a streaming service they use. If you have internet access, I like 99% of people who have internet access are are on some sort of streaming service. Sure. So, And then if you have it, you definitely have an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. How many conversations have you had about Netflix? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> or at least it's brought up in conversation. It's frequently brought up, if not the shows on it, the to word Netflix, Netflix has become synonymous with the word streaming. It's just... It's almost become synonymous with the word TV. It, uh, true. Like, true. It's just, it's there. It's become a huge part of our... Our lives, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. whether that's a good thing <laughs> whether or not. Whether we wanted to or not. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, my entertainment, um, a good portion of it is uh, represented by Netflix, that's along fair. with other streaming services. Um, I think for me, I primarily use Netflix, uh, YouTube, and um, Hulu. Well, that's the other thing. YouTube is not traditionally a streaming service partly because it is mostly free, but it is. I trans- think it can be lumped in, to, yeah. especially with YouTube Red, and also just. The amount of time people, meaning me, spend watching things. Yeah, on I there. watch. Yeah, lots of content on YouTube. Um, but today, I uh, I wanted to discuss uh, the streaming wars mm-hmm. um, uh, to kind of go over what that is. It's the competition between different streaming services. Um, for those of you who do not know, um, as of yesterday when we're recording this, Disney Plus was released to the world with big mm-hmm. hype. Um, this is not the only streaming services, or excuse me, streaming service that will be released within the next year, and more after that. So we're going to take a look at streaming services in general. Mm-hmm. Um, there's recently a lot of talk, um, kind of I don't know, around the internet, at where in general it's just around like big. Like we're we're pulling up stuff from like CNN, NBC, mm-hmm. um, and they're talking about how the inclusion of different streaming services is going to shape entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this isn't just a topic that Reed and I are pulling out of nowhere, being like, you know, we this is a thing, but it actually is a thing. Like you said, we're CNN, New York Times, other news organizations, and like entertainment-based things are curious of what's going to happen everyone's keeping an eye on this because mm-hmm. that's where the money is in entertainment right now right um and entertainment really like half of it is about bringing art to people's lives the other half is about making money mm-hmm. um and this is about the making money aspect um so what 
what are the streaming streaming wars? Uh, cable is dead. Rip. Lo- uh, yeah. Lo- rest in peace. Rest in peace. Long live the streaming service. Um, this is what I wrote down here. Streaming services have become the new cable, uh, allowing viewers to pick and choose which content they want to watch at any time without, for the most part, ads. Uh, Netflix, Hulu, uh, YouTube, and YouTube. For the YouTube, there's a little kind of, but you, yeah. you know, uh, paved the way for modern streaming services. Uh, they were an example of a cheaper, better alternative for cable. Um, for those of you who remember cable, uh, <laughs> cable. How old do you think we are? I don't know. <laughs> what is our the demographic they age have of cable our cable in the dorms here? Oh, what? <laughs> they still do. I didn't know that. I didn't take advantage of that. Reed, you're just. I had Netflix. I didn't need it. Well, fair, but. <laughs> um, but cable used like cable just was this huge thing. I mm-hmm. didn't grow up with cable. I always wanted cable. Every time I went to someone's house and I was staying like the night or whatever, I watched cable because yeah. I realized how immense and how many options there were. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's virtually just like Netflix. Uh, right. It does come with the caveat though of commercials and. T- yeah, commercials and time slots. You can. Yeah, I was like, you get to pick technically what you watch, but you also have to account for what a certain network might be playing. So you have a choice of networks and channels, but it's not quite your choice. Whereas Netflix and Hulu, not only do you get your choice of a bunch of shows from a bunch of different networks, but also you don't have to watch that episode. You could skip if you wanted. Right. <laughs> or again, no ads, and there's just easier flexibility with it. And. Um... I think originally cable just gave people the opportunity of choice. Mm-hmm. You get to choose from a large variety of different channels to watch from. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're limited to what's on that channel at the moment, but you can go to skip to a different channel and watch something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Netflix just took that idea and just ran with it. And I say Nef- I think Netflix is really just the that was the ground ba- uh, groundbreaking uh, streaming services mm-hmm. or streaming service that led this revolution. But um, they yeah they took that idea of people liking choice and they just they really bet on that um they allowed people to watch whatever they want when they wanted it and to skip through or go through um like they they had the choice of watching like you said what episode they wanted they Mm -hmm. could skip you can go back and watch things that might not normally have reruns on regular tv that sort of thing you have full control and full choice of what you watch Mm mm-hmm and for a small price of, I think at the time it was like eight ninety nine or something like that. It okay, technically, um, but I think it was cheaper than that back then because Netflix now they have three different types of plans. The standard plan is twelve ninety nine, but there and that gives you like two two screens can be watching. But then there's one that's cheaper than that, which I think is just eight ninety nine, but that's one screen. Yeah. Um, even though you can still have like four accounts technically or like four person users. I don't know if that made sense. Like you have four different people can use that same account to like have their own shows being watched and such, but only one at a time can be watching. Okay. Yeah. And then there's like a premium plan for fifteen ninety nine and that has like more whatever. screens. Yeah, do whatever yeah. you want with it. Yeah. Um so I mean, where do we start? What what do you think I think we kinda I kinda went over this a little bit, but what started what started this, like this, this trend of streaming services or mm-hmm. the streaming wars? Um, I think specifically for the streaming wars, with things like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, um, and arguably HBO, even though that was also 
farther off from these three just like main cheaper options yeah um they're doing very well and they have shows from everywhere and they have a lot of people subscribing to them like like you said netflix is nearly synonymous now with streaming and tv in general Mm -hmm. and so there's all that hype around those and profit and whatever and companies and production com yeah production companies but then also um networks i guess which could also be companies i don't know they are seeing that as profit or if they have a contract and one of their shows is being watched a ton they might think we'll make more money if we have the ability to monitor that streaming and so i think everyone got interested in doing that themselves and then that's what's led to things like disney plus and cbs all access that sort of thing right um and excuse me sorry i was getting a call from an unknown number sketchy thanks, thanks robocalls <laughs> um no i lost my train of thought where how did it get there yeah oh right okay i i don't know it's weird to when Netflix used to just bring like DVDs mm-hmm. to They'd your mail house. them to you. They and that I I'd like to mention that they still provide that service. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> for anyone, everyone out there wants to get a mailed DVD. Yeah. Um. So maybe I, they have Blu-ray now. Oh yeah. A little better. Mail a Blu-ray. Mail a Blu-ray. Um. It's weird to think. I think they. Uh, this is like an accidental too. For I mean, I'm looking at Netflix right now, like mm-hmm. how they began. I think that's almost accidental. Like they stumbled backwards into this idea that. Yeah, people get to choose what they want to watch when they want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that, I think they had that idea for the DVD service or like that. Netflix kind of spawned from like blockbuster like videos, right? That just yeah. made it easier to consume content. Right. Because blockbuster, you had to go to the place, whereas Netflix, you would just go online and like pick You had and to choose. go to a physical store to oh, rent no. movies. Okay, but blockbuster though? What a what a time! What a I remember time. going there once a week with my dad yep. and my brother yep. and picking out two movies mm-hmm. for the weekend. Oh, classic! Yep. Um, They're always kind of creepy, but best memories at yeah. Blockbuster. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so, and I so I think yeah, Netflix really just falls accidentally into this this mm-hmm. gold mine, and for the longest time they have that monopoly. I think um, we uh, we had a discussion yesterday about the rights of movies mm-hmm. um and or the mo- the rights of movies and tv shows and we're talking um, and specifically we brought up the office and friends um for those of you who don't know uh office and friends are currently on netflix mm-hmm. give them a watch um however quickly yeah quickly um we say quickly because their contract with netflix is about to expire mm-hmm. and uh those uh tv shows are going to be taken back by who owns that copyright, which I believe both of them are owned by NBC. Friends is Warner Brothers. Friends is Warner Brothers. Okay. Yeah. So, like, The Office is once uh, Peacock, which is going to be NBC's streaming mm-hmm. thing for all of their TV shows and, like, new content and such, The Office will move over to that. And then Warner Brothers is part of Warner Media, and they own HBO, and HBO is going to turn into HBO Max, Yep. And then HBO Max is going to have all the HBO content, that original stuff, along with everything that Warner Brothers owns, which is like TNT, parts of the CW, like just 
everything that they own, movies as well. Which is uh, huge. They have a huge library. Yeah, yeah, absolutely huge. And so friends will then join that group. That. Um, and yeah, so I think uh, I, I kind of got off topic, but like, so Netflix kind of owned these, the rights to these uh, really prime TV shows and movies because mm-hmm. no one else really needed them or wanted them uh, at the time. And they had this uh, certain, I, I, I think, uh, I guess it was like five, maybe 10 year contract based on the timeline that they, they, were, they were on Netflix, but mm-hmm. they had this uh, locked in uh, contract where they got to use that TV show for mm-hmm. a certain amount of time. Um, it's like they would pay like NBC for The Office, for example, mm-hmm. the, to have the rights to have that show on there. But then obviously Netflix would gain any profits off of like subscribers right. to that service. Um, and so for NBC, it's more of they have this one-time transaction of revenue, whereas Netflix is going to continuously get subscribers and get those monthly payments. And so if NBC can do the same thing by kind of taking their shows back and have their own thing, they're going to do that because then that's a more consistent flow of revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's an entire topic on itself of how um, these co- copyrights just the idea of them is kind of it sounds kind of boring copyrights like mm-hmm. very legal term but it's like it's basically if you think about it it's like children fighting over toys honestly <laughs> um, yeah, it's giant bit. huge corporations fighting over these um, uh, these franchises like uh, yeah The Office um, Seinfeld is one of them Seinfeld is being pulled from Hulu next year and it's um, but isn't Seinfeld going to Netflix? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's being but pulled. Even, yeah. Either way, uh, it's being pulled from Hulu and going to Netflix, and it's basically everyone's realizing that this that streaming services are a very profitable, um, a profitable product. Right. Basing and, it off of Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And as corporations, giant corporations like Time Warner, uh, Disney, Apple. Um, these big guys realizing, oh, hey, this is a huge cash cow over here. Maybe we should take back the toys make that we were sharing right. to ourselves and make even more money. Um, capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> um, and that is exactly what's happening. And that's why we have 100 uh, streaming services coming out this year. Right. That's an exaggeration, but still quite a few. I, I don't think you're that far off. Um, and... By golly, I doubt half of them will be successful. By golly. Uh-huh. Yeah, just to give a little rundown here of how much each of these are going to cost. Um, to, H- to subscribe. Right, yeah, like a monthly payment um, to get the content. HBO Max, which like we just said was Warner Brothers movies, HBO shows, that sort of thing. That's fourteen ninety nine a month which is the most expensive, but also HBO has always been more expensive on its yeah. own, so it makes sense. Um, Apple TV is $4.99, but that also, if you get a new Apple product, you get like a year free. So I think they're, and they, their limit right now is they only have original content and they don't have that much yet, but yeah, like very, if that takes off, they'll be able to invest in it more. And from what I hear, their limited content is not super great. Yeah, it's... The, like, they have a new show called Dickinson about the life of Emily Dickinson, and they tried to, like, modernize it a bit, and it wasn't the best. Yeah. But either way, they're 
jumping onto that streaming service also having original content. Um, Disney Plus is six ninety nine a month, which is less than I thought it would be. Um, but you also can do a twelve ninety nine bundle with ESPN and commercial supported Hulu. So they're kind of trying to make a combination, and with the ESPN keep like sports relevant even yeah. in streaming. Um, NBC's Peacock does not have a price listed yet. CBS All Access is five ninety nine. Amazon is eight ninety nine, but that's also like with Prime kind right. of thing. Hulu's five ninety nine, and then Netflix, like we mentioned earlier, there's a couple different tiers that you can work with. So kind of, if I had to average it out, like ten dollars a month. Yeah, um, on the high end, like it's not, it's not that any of these are particularly expensive or unobtainable to have. But now, but the issue comes in. To when it was just Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon, take your pick or all three, who knows? But you would get a you would get a range of content, whether it's movies, TV, from all networks. Whereas now you have these special network streamer streaming services, and you're gonna have to like if you want content from all of them, you're gonna have to pay for all of them, Which and that's is, just gonna raise the price exponentially. Yeah. Um. If yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to do the math real quickly, but it sounds like it's going to be roughly $100 a month if you choose to have all those streaming services. It could services. be. Yeah, yeah, like upwards of $100 a month. So what does that sound like, Maddie? $100 a month. Cable. Cable. <laughs> yes. Uh, so streaming services are kind of becoming the new cable. Um, in, a, in a way. In a way. Again, like if you were to go back to purchasing all these different services, because then you're basically just getting every single network that – Exist. Major network that cable has. I mean, a lot of networks have like free online streaming, which is great, but you're just going back to what people were trying to get away from, which was high cost cable and commercials and that sort of thing. Yeah, so I. I don't know. It's. I, I'm very fascinated by this topic, mm-hmm. and it's mainly because. It's going to turn into a giant fist fight between a bunch of corporations, <laughs> and only a few are going to be coming out on top. Like I said yeah. earlier, I think very few of these streaming services are actually going to last, mm-hmm. or at least last past the next five years. Um, and I wanted to talk about what that would look like, what that's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, this high competition has forced a lot of these corporations to plunge millions if not billions of dollars into these streaming services i think amazon like purchased the rights to uh the lord of the ring lord of the rings franchise for like 500 million Mm dollars i may be wrong but i'm i'm pretty sure that's the right number um uh, netflix uh, has a contract with those two fellows who wrote the game of thrones um and that contract is worth 300 million Mm dollars um these are those are two small examples. I'm, I'm using my numbers to <laughs> make the number two. Uh, these are two small examples of how much money is being put in. Um, yeah. And it's just mind-boggling, the investment being put into these TV shows. Um, well, it was like you said earlier, though. The streaming world is half based on creating art and film and mm-hmm. entertainment, but then the other half is business. Yeah. And so if huge sums of money like that are involved, they have to be able to do that to compete with it. Yeah. And something like Netflix and Amazon, they now have the background and they each have their own 
production companies and they're making original content. So if they have the money to do that and to stay relevant, they're going to. Yeah. And not saying that like Disney doesn't, obviously they have the money and I'm sure NBC and Apple also has the money to do those, but these are new enterprises going forward. Um, And uh, yeah, I think we talked about the money there. You have to have a whole lot of money. And I think the other uh, factor that would put a streaming service on top would be the original, not original content, excuse me, the copyrights they own. Sure. Um, I think that's why there's that fight over which copyright belongs to who. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, because I think the only reason someone would go ahead and watch Peacock was for The Office. Sure. Um, At least right now kind of thing. I mean, there's other shows like... um, Parks and Rec will be on there, right. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But if you're going to draw it on the fact that The Office is the number one stream show ever, that's going to bring people in, whether they've seen it before or not. Yeah. Because people want to have access to being able to rewatch it and that sort of thing. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I'm ex- I don't know if... I, I'm excited. I'm <laughs> cautiously optimistic. Not, mm-hmm. not even. I'm interested. How is that? That's a really yeah. boring word. Super vague, but I'm interested it works. to see how this shakes up. Because, yeah. like I keep saying, only a few are going to survive. So I'm mm-hmm. curious to see which few will survive. If I had to guess, I think Disney Plus, Netflix, and like HBO are going to be up there, mm-hmm. um, just because of how big they are, how much money they have, and the content they have, mm-hmm. which is primarily pretty good. Um, Actually, I haven't checked out Disney Plus, so I can't say it, but they have like an infinite amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they just bought Fox, so they have all that Again, content. Too much. <laughs> yeah. Too much content. Disney Plus. Oh, my goodness. Disney is an evil corporation. Not evil, it's just ginormous. <laughs> Disregard what we just Sorry. said. <laughs> but. Oh, look at that. We're not owned by Disney. Oh, oh no. no. Um, Shoot. <laughs> Run. Yeah, but I'd like to see how this is going to change entertainment. Yeah. Um, because now we're seeing, like I mentioned before, people or these stream services are putting millions upon millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars, into these streaming services, into these shows, into these, this content for the sole purpose of drawing subscribers. So we're getting the, this high class or expensive, nice product um, because there's high competition, which is I like do, basic economics. But Yeah, I do wonder, though, for like Disney and NBC and CBS, if they're going to have original content for these services, what the quality of that is going to be. Mm -hmm. Like Netflix has soared in its original content, but you could argue a huge chunk of that is not good content. I would argue strongly. It's not the best. Like they have some incredible movies. They have some incredible shows, Mm -hmm. but there's not, not everything is a blockbuster coming out of that. But you can do that when you don't have to send it to theaters or put it on TV for ratings. If it's just there just to have more content, you can. It's, so that will be interesting of how these new ones crack up to that if they do original content. Like, are you still going to make sure it is the highest quality you can do or just churning out content simply to have more? Right. Um, and I think just having that content, having variety and um, we're learning in my marketing class right now is something called variety seeking decision bias, mm-hmm. which is basically people are biased towards like a store if they have a lot of the pro- like a lot of products. If they have mm-hmm. a lot of variety, they have a lot of choices to choose from. That doesn't mean 
it's good. Yeah. Quantity does not equal quality, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I think some people, a lot of people see variety as a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people are more focused on quality. We discussed how some people are going to go over to Peacock just for, like, The Office or a couple of other other shows they have, like Parks and Rec. Um, because it's high quality. Mm-hmm. I think Peacock is highly relying on the fact that they own that those copyrights. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you don't see them pouring a lot of money into new content, um, at least not that we've heard of. And I think um, on the rare occasion, Disney Plus is doing both of them. Uh, obviously, Disney owns like Pixar and mm-hmm. among other they things. They can rely on their previous right. accomplishments, they but they a- also... I think are making original stuff yeah. for it. Oh no, yeah, I think the Mandalorian also mm-hmm. yep. um came out with Disney Plus and yeah. no, they're making original stuff, but they have the luxury of having high quality stuff just because of how long they've been around. Their history, their yeah, history, exactly. Um their acquisitions, mm-hmm. great creatives. And like I said, because they've been around for so long, they have so much of that content. Mm-hmm. They have that quantity and quality. That's why I think, personally, Disney Plus is probably going to be around for quite a while, or at least that's going to be one of the bigger ones. I think people will subscribe to it simply for the hype of it and yeah. for the nostalgia factor. Like, I would love to go on Disney Plus just to watch all of the movies from when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Just to do it. Like, I'm not interested, really, in any of the new stuff. Oh, I know. I was like... But it's going to draw even adults older than us simply for nostalgia factor. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah, they're going to rely on nostalgia. Uh, popular franchise, like, I think Avengers Endgame is now on there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's a whole other crew. You could not even be interested in Disney, but if you're interested in Marvel or Star Wars, there that's going to be a draw because it's going to have everything. I, I mean, I was considering getting Disney Plus for a short while just because of that Marvel content, because of that new Star Wars content that they mm-hmm. keep promising. Uh, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but I'm interested. We've established that you are a fanboy, though. So I am a fanboy of it many would, things. It would, it would work. It would work. Um, but, yeah, so I'm an example of someone who would be interested in hopping aboard one of, those franchi- or one of those streaming services just for that franchise. Right. And, I mean, I know... CBS All Access, when it was promoting and getting started, they have a reboot of The Twilight Zone on there, like new episodes. Um, Jordan Peele hosts it kind of thing. And I think that was kind of a similar ploy where it was seeking the the like nostalgia factor for older audiences or even younger people who've watched the original show. And I have not seen it, so I don't know how good it is, but... It's good. Is it good? I've watched it. It's good. Okay. But again, that's the same thing. Like, yes, it's original, but it's backed on a very good history that the Twilight Zone originally had, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And I haven't looked into it enough with like Peacock and Apple and that sort of thing, but they're going to have to kind of find. I mean, we've talked about NBC has the office and that sort of thing, but Apple then, I guess, they're going to have to find some angle to work it to convince people to get their service. Yeah. Um, so kind of the a final question to wrap up the this topic. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the pros and cons for like us, the the subscriber, the consumer, not mm-hmm. podcasters, but the subscriber and the consumer? Only podcasters. Only podcasters. <laughs> um, I mean, obvious pros would be that you just get more content with subscribing to all these, and you get old content that you haven't seen in a while or whatever. I'd argue maybe even higher quality content. Higher quality, sure, but the main con that is deterring me from 
purchasing any of them is I don't want to pay for <laughs> more than I have to, and main, I most likely won't. The main con for purchasing these is purchasing these. Yeah. <laughs> these are, yeah. This, it's a lot. And it, I think a major con is that people are going to be, because of that that dollar sign, people are going to be forced to choose. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't watch that much TV anyway. I don't have yeah. time to. It's just not my thing. So I don't need to be purchased. Like if you're a huge TV or if you have kids or whatever your situation is. You like, have the disposable income. Then you too. might, yeah. yeah you then might you some... might be able to. But if it's not your thing, you're tight on a budget, whatever, you're going to have to pick. And that's why, again, this is why I think a lot of these streaming services aren't going to last. Yeah, People are, are going to be forced to choose which ones they want to pick. Mm-hmm. And it's likely going to be the ones with the most and best content. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that involves a lot of money. So we're going to see like things like Netflix and Disney come out on top. Um, it sucks having to pay for things, huh? Yeah. Wow. Is that how the world works? That's how the world works. Capitalism. Is that what adulting looks like? That is adulting right there. Love that. Yeah. Um, do you think you'll end up getting Disney Plus? No. Are, are there any streaming services coming out that pique your interest? No. No? Wow. I have Netflix. Ne- and... Oh, strong Netflix supporter. Okay. Well, it's not that I'm a huge Netflix supporter. I just, again, I don't really watch that much. Yeah. TV, I, I mean, it's going to depend on if other shows are going to get taken off of Netflix. But a lot of the shows I like are Netflix originals, mm. so I don't really have to worry. See, I think I think I might drop Netflix soon. Not what? not now. Before you do, watch Peaky Blinders. Okay, I might do that. There you go. I like some of their content, but recently I've I've been discouraged by a lot of they they're really pushing their That's my own just a little Go side off, note. read hot they, takes. They're pushing so much of their original content onto us, and it's not good. <laughs> it's so not good. Every <laughs> once in a while, they have a good TV show, original TV show. At Peaky Blinders. At Peaky Blinders. I really liked uh, Netflix's Daredevil, one of my favorite mm-hmm. shows. Um, obviously, Stranger Things is good. Um, <laughs> well, well uh, you it, know. It's good. I don't think it's that great. Um, Whoa. But, yeah. Like, T. I don't. I don't know one original Netflix movie that I just really love. And there's around, that's easily over 100, 200, 300. There might be two that I would recommend to people. Yeah. There are some that I was just like, oh, these are fine. Like, But I also knew they were Netflix movies, so I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. But then, again, I don't watch majority of them. Right. So I, I'm really discouraged by their original content. That's me personally. Yeah. Um, and if that's what they have to start relying because again the hard thing is they still do have a lot of tv shows that are on there but and they're some getting, are obviously getting removed like the office and friends but, but there also, are some that could get removed in the next few years they're also making a ploy for copyrights they, they've been mm-hmm. purchasing um they recently i think we discussed seinfeld's going on in netflix mm-hmm. um i'm a comic book fan and it's like it's not gonna lose everything yeah they purchased this uh comic book this graphic novel universe that has been really popular among mm-hmm. comic book fans mm-hmm. it's good content but it's just not well known yeah um and we'll be seeing a lot of that shortly so they're investing in the superhero hype mm-hmm. so they're investing uh, they're planning for the future but i have yet to see what that looks like so i'm not super um hopeful with netflix i think netflix might be that one giant that really falls um it's 
I think it's getting its legs pulled up from under it. It set an amazing example for streaming right. services, but now that it has competition, I don't know if it'll be able to compete. I think they're going to try very hard to adapt or at least remain on top. And I'm as interesting as it is to watch how all of them do, I am specifically looking at Netflix to see how it's going to, it was- if it will kind of stay it is up. the original yeah this is the this is the one we use to compare other streaming services and again so many people have netflix it's yeah it's oh my god yeah it's like really common again Every household you go into like oh that is tv now yeah it is tv it's synonymous with tv right all right now you want to let's move into the latest news shall yeah, we yeah we have a little bit um some of it is related to Right. Our topic of discussion. So maybe we can just start with that. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, Disney Plus aired yesterday. Well, November 12th. A- as of recording. It, it, as of us recording, it was yesterday, but November 12th for everyone else. Um, and, yeah, like we said, it'll have Marvel, Star Wars, and it's going to set the standard for other services like Warner Media, which is with HBO Max, mm-hmm. uh, NBC's Peacock, and other major media companies. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we already talked about Disney quite a bit, but it's, it's, it's making waves, I think. Um, again, have to see how it shakes out. Yeah. I think they're really, they're really trying to undercut, um, with the prices too. I think it's Mm -hmm. like, it's seven bucks a month for huge amounts of content and very popular content. So I'm like, I would consider purchasing it at least for a little bit to check it out so mm-hmm. it and i think they're doing everything right i don't know so i think they'll be they're gonna be a big big player in the, this big play that's yeah. the word i'm looking for they're, they're gonna be a big player in this yeah um yeah um and other news uh the joker the movie The Joker has become the most profitable com- profitable comic book movie of all time, having made more than nine hundred fifty million dollars at the worldwide box office. Now, when I say profitable, I mean compared um, comparing its profits to its revenue. Um, and its we'll get budget. To that. Its budget. Excuse me. Thank you. You're good. As, uh, profit and revenue. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm a business student. It, oh, uh, no. <laughs> I know. Uh, Please hire me. It tells the story of how Arthur Fleck, played by uh, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, sorry, uh, makes <laughs> makes oh the God. becomes the Joker, Batman's nemesis, and one of the most infam- infamous uh, comic book villains ever. Joker has now made more than 15 times what it costs to make. Director Todd Phillips made the movie on a budget of uh, $62.5 million, a fraction of the budget of many comic book adaptations adaptations. For example, uh, Avengers Endgame, the highest grossing movie of, all, movie of all time, has earned close to $2.8 billion, but had a budget of $356 million. Um, so it's way to go. So wide difference there, but personally, I didn't get to see Joker yet. I would like to, but I also... Joker is way more appealing to me than Endgame, and that is coming from someone who isn't that invested in superheroes and comic book movies. Can I ask why? I'm curious. Why why, I'm not into comic books or why Joker seems more appealing? Why Joker seems more appealing. um, Because, and this is partly why I'm not super into superhero movies in general, Joker did not seem, at least in the trailers, as, like, 
action oriented or like fight scene oriented and it was more character driven. Yep. And I know there's a lot of um good character stuff in like the latest Avengers movies and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm much more interested in the individuals in it and like the Dark Knight series. Obviously a very good set of movies and Heath Ledger is the Joker in those. Even though there was action in them, for me it was like tastefully done because sometimes I've seen a few of the Avengers movies. It's just too much, but I know it's not made for me. I'm not the directed audience there, but with something like the Joker that's a little darker tones, Mm -hmm. I'm more interested in, especially if it's a villain origin story. I like that kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, As someone who's seen the Joker, I went in with kind of that same expectation. Mm -hmm. Um, I was looking, I knew that they were going for more character developed, Mm -hmm. uh, more character uh, developed story. And I I was slightly disappointed. Um, I don't think it's a great movie. It's a very okay movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Has a lot of memes. Has a lot of memes. Um, (laughs) I think it's the premise is just fundamentally flawed um, simply because you can't have a Joker movie without Batman. It's very difficult to make one of the most evil characters in all of fiction uh, relatable Mm -hmm. Um, and they do a decent job. Do you know if the story they had in this movie is canonical? Yeah, from the comic books or is it a different... Not so. This is what's called an Elseworld story. Okay. Um. So it's not directly canonical, or it's not directly related to like the main storyline. Mm-hmm. Um. It's um slightly the story is slightly based off of a very famous uh, Batman storyline uh, about the Joker's origin. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's famously disputed as whether that's real or not. Okay. I'm diving deep into my comic book geek. We can persona. tell you fanboy. Okay. Um. And it's also based on a lot of uh, Martin Scorsese movies. Okay. Um, and it's very clear uh, if you watch the movie. Not that it's a bad thing. I don't. I think Martin Scorsese is a good uh, director. He's just not my favorite. Um, yeah, I. It's it's a very okay movie. Like I mm-hmm. said, fundamentally flawed. I think uh, Joaquin Phoenix does an awesome job. Sure. As the Joker, I just I would like to see him as the Joker in a different movie. In like a Batman. In a Batman movie, movie. Directed by someone other than Todd Phillips. I don't think he's a very... I don't think he's a great director. Sure. And this was his first serious film too, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Why I don't know it's why they a, chose him. I think it's kind of a tough first. Yeah. Like directorial. That was a high bar. And maybe, yeah. maybe because... Maybe because it was a high bar, they couldn't find someone with... Um, that kind of credibility behind them to mm-hmm. take it. That's why you, you don't see a lot of big names taking up st- like Star Wars films right now. Mm-hmm. It's because there's a lot of scrutiny behind them, so they use a lot of indie directors and sure. stuff like that. Makes uh, sense. Yeah, I could go on for a long time about this, but let's move <laughs> on. <laughs> um, uh, we have one last little bit. It's more just kind of cute than anything, but Sesame Street turned 50 last Yay. week. Go Sesame Street. Happy birthday. It's adorable. Um, its first episode aired on November 10th, 1969. The landmark educational children's series introduced the world to beloved Muppet characters, including Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch, and helped pave the way for inclusion, diversity, and learning on screen. Uh, Sesame Street celebrated 50 years with a special episode hosted by Joseph Gordon-Levitt that aired on its new network, HBO. 
Yeah. I just think that's like it's really the nice. most wholesome thing. It is really wholesome. Why it's on HBO, I don't know right now. I didn't know that was its new network. I don't Yeah, they, I think that was a little I think that was a kind of controversial thing. But uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt, he's great too. He's so. great. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um yeah, I I'm happy. I used to watch Sesame Street. Yeah, it's just big cute. fan of like, Big oh. Bird and Elmo. Elmo. Yeah. There is speaking of we just talked about the Joker and now Oscar the Grouch has mentioned there's yeah. a funny SNL skit. It's the Joker trailer, but or it's about Oscar the Grouch, but it's themed after the Joker trailer. <laughs> Our producer Kate is nodding her head, she knows what I'm talking about. It's very wonderful. Go look it up. Um Yeah. And uh I think that's that's about it for news. Yeah. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this episode of The Medium. We're going to um, have to throw in a plug here. Uh, in about a week, Tommy Media will have a new podcast that's out right. called Cold Facts, Hot Takes. Now, what is this about, Maddie? Oh, let me tell you. Uh, Kayla and May are going to be talking about various conspiracy theories, true crime, just kind of these like controversy things. They're going to do a bunch of research on one topic and then just t- take an episode give the cold facts of what happened and then they're going to throw in their own hot takes about it and it's going to be really fun. Well, Maddie, that sounds incredibly enticing. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to listen. Oh yeah, I think I'm going to as well. <laughs> I'm obviously I'm joking a little bit, but it it is interesting. I encourage everyone to check that out when it yeah. comes out. Yeah. But so just wait for that and I'm Maddie and I'm Reed. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good night or day. <laughs>